Welcome to Connecting with the Toms podcast. I'm your co-host, Julie Tom, a trauma-informed movement specialist. I'm Dr. Dick Tom, a biological medicine physician. Uh, we wish to share the untold truth about health and fitness industry based on our combined 70 plus years of experience. We want you to connect and feel empowered in your own mind and body by interacting with each other. This show is about connection for you, for us, and for the world. This is Connecting with the Toms podcast. Let's start connecting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Connecting with the Toms. And today we're going to be talking about supplements. So I don't know a lot about supplementation, so this is not really my field, but the field that it does belong to is my dad. So we're going to get right into it, dad. Can you tell us why do people need supplements? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, the one, one side of the coin says that if you eat a balanced meal, whatever that means, uh, you should be able to achieve all necessary nutrients from a balanced meal. Fortunately, a balanced meal in our society uh, almost is impossible to obtain uh, for most people based on lifestyle and that kind of thing. So the, you know, so the other side of the coin is, you know, do they do anything? Should we really take them? Are there basic ones that uh, would be beneficial for an individual without knowing uh, any specifics about their specific health history? So the bottom line is, is that there's enough research that has been done, uh, you know, and I'm gonna extrapolate the information from the US to be applicable to Canada and probably we'll say the Western world, uh, which would mean Europe and you know, Asia, et cetera. The, the aspect of uh, the, what the research has shown that uh, 80 to 90% are deficient uh, of all ages and at least one nutrient, uh, no matter how, uh, how much they are, are on tune with what it is that they choose to eat. And, and there's a number of reasons for that. And it's not just the food itself, it's the quality of the food, it's where the food is coming from, it's the choices of foods that people make. Uh, it's the, it's a, it, but it's not just the food and what happens to the food once you eat it. Uh, we know that uh, there's a large number of a segment of the population that has less than optimal digestion, uh, which means that even if you eat organic, uh, you know, grass fed, uh, you know, no, no chemicals, etc. cetera, uh, it doesn't mean that the, that optimal food may be a fully absorbed uh, and go to the individual cells of, and act where it needs to act. So I have believed uh, for a long time that, that uh, there are some basics uh, that, uh, you know, based on just seeing, you know, literally tens of thousands of patients uh, who ask that question all the time, are there basic things that we need? Uh, there, I mean, there, there's certainly information out there that uh, you know, you go into a health food store and you see this laundry list of all kinds of different vitamins and people go on the internet now and they say, oh, I have condition X and uh, I go in the health food store and sure enough, there's the product Y and say, oh, this is supposed to help me. I'm not having them having no idea whether it will or not, and whether it does or not, because they don't have any real follow-up of uh, or appreciation of understanding of is it going to be helpful or not helpful. Right. So it's important. So if you're going to consider taking supplementation, it's important to have some type of baseline to know if it is actually helping you. So a lot of people, a lot of clients that I've worked with, they often work with a naturopath and get um, 
some blood testing done and they get some different testing. So would you recommend that before deciding to dive into the supplementation world or who would you recommend? Um, is it recommended for everybody to supplement and what, what's the first step if I'm going to start taking supplements? You know, if somebody's seeing a therapist, whether it's a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor or their, their conventional general practitioner, um, they're going there for most often a specific reason. There are annual exams, obviously, but 90% um, of people will go to the doctor because they have a specific complaint, which means the doctor will do some form of evaluation, depending on which, which doctor you're going to. Uh, typically, your GP is not going to be doing too much interest in the nutritional aspect, but the naturopath probably would be or biological medicine practitioner would be much more interested in the actual food itself. So, but short of, so, and when you do that, of course, you're able to be more specific with your recommendations. You know, if somebody finds that their cortisol level was low, for example, the, uh, you know, there can be a specific type of a recommendation uh, to support an individual's adrenal gland, uh, you know, or if somebody has a so-called, we call functional hypothyroid or subclinical hypothyroid, meaning that your, your lab tests are normal, but you have signs and symptoms that are suggestive that your thyroid may be not optimal functioning. And so maybe there can be some specific type of support. These are not, those are not, uh, you know, for everybody, those are the specifics, but that's, that's what you get from when you go to a therapist or your doctor or whatever, depending which state or the province that ultimately you live in. However, that aside, um, I don't think everybody has to rush off to a doctor to get a recommendation to say, you know, should I be taking some form of a, a nutritional supplement? So just in, in general, um, you know, I have five recommendations uh, that I give to people uh, overall. And, you know, I'm going to make this as sort of as a generic uh, recommendation for people, uh, irregardless of their health problems, because uh, what we know is, is that there is great research of the things I'm going to talk about um, that's done. And, you know, if we're using just a, a moderate uh, or an introductory dosage, we'll say uh, the likelihood of it creating a problem is, is uh, never zero, but it's going to be very minimal uh, without saying that you have to test the specific thing. And the recommendations come from literally years and years and years of seeing, as I said, thousands of patients. Uh, the things that potentially could be the most beneficial. So the number one, uh, you know, if, if we're going to prioritize them, um, you know, it's, there's one more important than the other. Uh, financially, it, it may be uh, because, you know, supplements are not inexpensive. Uh, we, we have to buy them and they're in addition to our, the food that we're purchasing. So we have to take that into account. But if we're going to support one single thing. I really believe that probiotics are probably the most essential uh, support that, that uh, you can add on a daily basis. Uh, we know that uh, our gastrointestinal tract, which, which houses uh, you know, 10 to the 13 uh, uh, number of microorganisms, two to four pounds of microflora in there, uh, and, you know, we're constantly needing to reseed that. It's a huge part of immune function. We've just gone through COVID. 
we're going through COVID and you know the, the fact that our immune system needs constant monitoring and constant support, I would suggest that, that uh, getting probiotics, and yes, you can get probiotics from uh, you know, cultured uh, foods like miso and soy and uh, you know, yogurt that, that uh, has some live cultures uh, in them. So sauerkraut is another one. Kimchi uh, is another one. Uh, pickles uh, has probiotics in it. I, I was uh, devouring pickles last summer. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do this because I don't like kimchi and I don't like sauerkraut. So I was like, I'm going to do this pickle thing. Yeah. yeah. Kombucha. So there, yeah, kombucha is, is another one. So yeah, these, these are important to do, uh, you know, so the question then becomes the quality control, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So, yeah, okay. uh, so probiotics is a good bet. And that's, and in fact, I, it's, I see a lot of expectant moms and I have them uh, that when they, when the baby is born, literally starting on day one, we start giving them probiotics. Yeah, that was me. Uh, there has uh, been a number of studies uh, done, uh, mostly in Europe, uh, you know, a number of European countries that have shown that children who are given a probiotic from the get-go have significantly reduced uh, incidences of atopic dermatitis or eczema and asthma and allergies in general. So just that alone is would be a great reason to get started, uh, you know, with with the use of probiotics uh, from the get-go. Right. Uh, the number the number two uh, supplement I think is is essential for everybody is minerals, uh, and I don't say vitamins and minerals, uh, you know, because people always take you know, sort of a multivitamin, multi-mineral, and yeah, you can do that, but if but you will get more bang for the buck, so to speak, by minerals because minerals are much harder to absorb. They come in a whole variety of different uh, formulations. Uh, you can take calcium, for example, you know, the most inexpensive form is calcium carbonate, which is basically, uh, you know, like chalk. Mm -hmm. And so if you have optimal digestion and, you know, you have good hydrochloric acid and pancreatic function, uh, you'll be able to absorb calcium from calcium carbonate. But uh, if you're 50 years old or a postmenopausal woman uh, or somebody who has any form of gastrointestinal distress, then your likelihood of getting much benefit from calcium carbonate is going to be suspect uh, because you basically can't absorb it. So we have to look at other forms, chelated forms, uh, meaning it's just attached to an amino acid, which makes it easier. But that aside, um, I generally pre uh, prescribe a multi-mineral. Uh, my preferred multi-minerals are actually liquids. So we call them colloidal minerals. And the easiest way to take them is just to put a couple tablespoons in a glass of water that you're drinking through the day. Uh, and it's a way, yes, we're getting uh, minerals from our water, which is one of the main reasons we drink water is supplies with minerals. But since I, since I routinely do testing on people and I routinely find that they have insufficiency as far as minerals are concerned, uh, I think minerals in general is a great recommendation, uh, you know, with little, with kids and doing liquid forms. You know, there's even trace mineral uh, concentrations that are liquids and you, you can use a couple of eyedroppers, Phil. And, you know, it's just this additional support because it's such common uh, nutrient that uh, that is deficient. Is there a specific mineral or you're like, you said the multi-mineral, so 
just cover all your bases or is there one one mineral in particular that you'd recommend if i'm going to pick one no it's to the generic is a multi when mm -hmm. you do specifics yes you can do a specific one but okay so if i'm working with a therapist they'll tell me if you need a specific nutrient you need to have a testing you need to have a test of some sure. type basically would point to the fact that you're that you have an insufficiency of one but Generically, if you do a multi-min, you're going to get, you know, just a, a spattering of a variety of the so-called macro minerals, which, you know, just is that little bit of extra boost. Uh, and, you know, from a dietary perspective, uh, you know, where we get our minerals is colors, colors of foods, uh, fruits right. and vegetables specifically. And the research has now def definitive that uh, the, the, the use of 10 different colors of fruits and vegetables has a dramatic decrease in the incidence of chronic, of chronic disease, specifically heart disease and cancer and uh, Alzheimer's and ADD and every other, every other condition that there is uh, specifically. Uh, I, I do find that from a vitamin perspective that the, the nutrient B complex uh, is particularly beneficial mainly because B vitamins are what we call uh, catalysts uh, they they they're the stimulus uh, to perform to support uh, enzyme reactions that, that produce the, allows the body to produce energy and invariably people can always say oh, I can always have a little more energy uh, and B vitamins is also one of the vitamins that we call a stress vitamin uh, and when we look at our society in general, you know, the, it's a way to indirectly support uh, stress support and stress management. So is so, this like a, B, like a B12, you mean? That's no, B complex again, okay. we're, we're not getting specific okay. because we're, the B12 may be indicated, but you would want to do, you know, you'd want to see a lab test specifically because you may not right. need more B12. In fact, I recommend people do not do individual B vitamins unless there's a specific reason to do it. And even when you do do an individual B12 or folic acid, which you know for all pregnant women should be doing, you also need to be doing the B complex in addition, because if you take just a single B vitamin, unfortunately, what you end up doing is imbalancing the other B vitamins. So you mm. never should take a, a single B vitamin and you always take it as a with a B complex uh, in general. Okay. Uh, essential fatty acids uh, in the form of you know omega three uh, EFAs and so and if people are not vegan uh, then fish oil is uh, you know is probably one of the, the the most beneficial. There's a thousand and one studies that have been done showing the benefits of uh, essential fatty acids. And not only in our food, uh, you know, we, I always remember my mom saying, oh, eat fish, it's a brain food. Still is considered a brain food because it has DHA and EPA and it is two of the essential fatty acids. So uh, using fish oil as, as a support is a great uh, remedy for people who are vegan. They can use flax oil or primrose oil or borage oil or you know, other, other types of uh, plant-based uh, oils to try and get some uh, additional uh, EFAs. And the, the uh, even though I live in Arizona, I do still recommend vitamin D to people, uh, even if it's one drop 
uh, maybe 1,000 international units. Is <coughs> uh, a general recommendation. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's not impossible, but it's not common uh, that it's it's more common that people are on the low end of vitamin right. D. Um, even though the, the reference range is quite wide in Canada, they use 75 to 250. In the States, we use three uh, because of different units, metric versus uh, the British thing. Right. Uh, we use 30 to 100. Uh, and my preference is ideally from, from, a, from a patient perspective, the goals that I look for in Canada is somewhere in the 150 to 160 range. And in the US, we look in the 55 to 65 range. And mainly because what the research has shown is, is that those are the, those kinds of numbers uh, are what I have shown to be the most effective about chronic disease, whether it's heart disease or cancer. In fact, there were studies done during COVID that early on in COVID, unfortunately, many of the, the people who passed away with COVID were also found to have the lowest levels of vitamin D. So we know vitamin D is a really important immune uh, support remedy. And uh, so it's still important. And so during COVID, we were having people take, you know, quite a few thousands of units on a daily basis, just as a preventive. Yeah. So those five, okay. I feel are safe uh, in moderate doses. Um, you know, I would recommend somebody take 10,000 units of vitamin D unless there's a specific reason to do right. it. So you have to get tested one for that. Two, yeah. One or 2,000 uh, international units would be just fine. So those five, uh, without any types of you know specifics, uh, I think uh, are safe and particularly beneficial uh, for from from toddlers to people who are ninety years old. Okay, so just the the generic general overall. So we got probiotics is the first one. Second one is minerals. A multi mineral is recommended. A B complex is the third. Essential fatty acids or fish oils and vitamin D are your top five. Yep. Those are top five, and those I believe uh, are what I call maintenance. So you know, okay. as a physician, my patients are coming because they have you know a specific challenge, and so you know when we get to the place of you know we're just maintaining and they're they're at a place of their health where they're happy, I say, well, these are the things I want you to keep taking because these become your maintenance uh, supplements. Right. Okay, so. Let's go through them and, and uh, let's talk about um, quality control. So what am I looking for when I'm buying a probiotic, for instance? So how do I know? Because there's so many different ones on the shelf and I know there's different brands. Uh, should it be cold? Should it be on the shelf? Um, what are your recommendations for that for just general health? Because I know during COVID it was, I know you recommended a much higher dose. Um, is that still, do you still recommend 50 billion for the average person, uh, knowing that we've all lived through COVID? Or um, do you recommend a lower amount? When I, when I start, when I was uh, still a professor at the university um, you know, 25 years ago, and I was teaching about probiotics, you know, in those days, what the research was showing was that children needed between, you know, three to five billion of probi extra probiotics a day. And it was showing that adults needed between 10 and 15 billion units of uh, probiotics a, a day. Well, in the 25 years and the, you know, probably 75,000 research articles that have come out in the last 25 years on the benefits of probiotics, 
we now know that uh, those numbers uh, actually are insufficient for our society. And so now the numbers have been jacked up considerably. In fact, I recommend even children doing as much as 25 billion. And I recommend adults doing uh, as much as 50 billion on a, as a maintenance dose. And once again, 50 billion may sound like a lot, but remember 50 billion is nowhere near the 10 to the 13, which is like a hundred trillion, right. uh, you know, probably in our, in our gastrointestinal tract. So we're basically, what we're doing is we're seeding, uh, you know, the, the, the flora in the gut to basically self-propagate itself. Uh, so yes, the dose is, is considerably higher. Okay. The challenge with any of the supplements, uh, probiotics especially, yes. uh, is quality control. Mm-hmm. Um, so the you know the best way to to know if there is any quality control on the product is whatever product you get. We'll talk about shelf stable, etc. In a sec. Uh, is is if there's an 800 number or Google a company on, look at the name of the company on Google, look for an 800 number, call the company if you want to know what the quality and ask if them to send you an assay of their product. And if they say, what's an assay? You can hang up the phone because that means they don't do them. Right. Uh, an assay is a study that is done independently, not by the manufacturer, but by an independent company that basically takes the product, does a, does a study on it. And if the label says that there's 50 billion in it, they do a study and they actually figure out if there is 50 billion in it. And uh, if the company can't provide you with an assay that shows that indeed there is 50 billion, then they're not basically, their, their quality control may be less than ideal. So, to me, that's the easiest way to know whether or not you have a top end quality product. And there are lots of uh, quality products on the market. Uh, mm-hmm. But in, in the United States, we have over 200 different manufacturers of supplement companies. Some people may be making them in their basement. Some people are making them in, in facilities that where you where you know, drug manufacturing could be going on. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, you're going to find that people, the companies that do assays, the product is going to be a little more expensive, but the reality is, is that the reason it's expensive is because they'll guarantee you what's in that bottle. Right. You, know, you may see a bottle that says, you know, 25 billion, but when they do the assay, they find that there's 1 billion. It's like you'd have to take 25 pills to get what the dose is. So you're not saving any money, uh, you know, in that regard. So finding out whether the company has an assay is probably your number one way of knowing. Uh, whether or not you have quality control. Uh, with probiotics, uh, regards to refrigerated versus on the shelf, yeah. um, the some companies have now developed uh, a specific technique that we, they call it shelf stable. Uh, shelf stable means it's it's you know you can literally leave it on your counter with your other vitamins and minerals um, for several months. Uh, generally speaking, uh, what has always been known, if you would keep a bottle in your in the freezer, it's pretty much guaranteed. There should be guaranteed for it. Like if the label says, you know, 25 billion, put it in the freezer and a year from now, it'll still have 25 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep it in the refrigerator. It'll have 25 billion in six months. Uh, if you leave it on the shelf, it'll, it'll have it maybe in three months. If you have it six months, it's not going to have it in there because 
probiotics tend to decline. However, with the new techniques, a shelf stable means you don't need to keep it in the refrigerator um, and it, it is shelf stable. And so where, where you purchase the product uh, at the, you know, wherever you buy them, Mm-hmm. If, if when you purchase it, if it's in there, if it's in the fridge, you know, you need to keep it in the fridge. Yeah. Uh, if it's on the counter, then supposedly it should be self-stable. Although calling the company and say, is it self-stable? Have you, do you have the proper technique to be able to guarantee that? Uh, yeah. And it, it becomes an extra step, but if you're going to be paying, you know, probiotics are expensive. Yeah. Uh, so if you're going to be paying, you know, uh, you know, quite a quite a bit of money to buy one, why not be sure that what you're taking is in fact guaranteed? Yeah, uh, what it is to, to get the benefit that you're looking for. Absolutely. Okay. So probiotics, we're basically looking for adults. It's 50 billion, and for children, it's 25 billion. That's what we're looking for, right? Ish. Yeah, that's that's a good ballpark. Okay. Great. Um, okay. So for minerals and multi uh, mineral. Um, multi-minerals. You mentioned colloidal minerals. Um, what am I looking for with that? Is there, again, same idea? Is there a quality control? I mean, every product will have the same quality control. Okay, so uh, phone, basically phone the company. Phone the company, ask if they do an assay, and if they do, ask them to send you a, a copy of their assay. But it has to be done by an independent, an independent lab, not the company itself, because you know, the company itself is sort of has an ulterior motive, an independent company. And of course, that's going to make the product a little bit more expensive. But sure. that's because the company is high quality and they're assuring the quality control that when you use that product, they're guaranteeing what's in it. Okay. So that's going to be the same for all of them. So I'm going to go jump to fish oils, though. So um, let's say I eat fish three times a week. Do I still need to take uh, essential fatty acids or fish oils? Is there a certain recommendation if I do consume sushi or whatever, um, a certain amount of fish per week? Do I still do you still recommend that? I do still recommend it because the uh, you know historically fish has been you know the the one of the main providers of for uh, for a non-vegan person anyway. Uh, of providing essential fatty acids uh, in, you know, in the 200,000 years we've been on this planet. Uh, so, you know, fish were put on the planet to be able to provide us with these essential fatty acids. Mm-hmm. So do I think that eating fish a few times a week will provide you uh, with enough? Uh, absolutely. Assuming you have no uh, brain issues, you have no uh, joint issues, you have no inflammatory issues, you have no heart issues, you have no gastrointestinal issues. You have, you, if you have no, if you say my health is in tip top shell shape, no, you would do great with just doing your diet. However, I don't see any of those people in my practice because <laughs> with specific reasons. And, you know, they could eat fish three times a day, seven days a week, in my opinion, and still not get enough EFAs for what right. they're needing to deal with as uh, from what the research is showing. So, you know, taking a basic uh, EFA, uh, uh, essential fatty acid of fish oil, we'll say, you know, we'll say, it, you know, often it says a thousand milligrams, uh, which is total, but it'll be broken down into the EPA and the DHA. Right. EPA is usually higher, uh, uh, it's for inflammation anywhere in the body. 
And the DHA has nothing to do with inflammation, but it has everything to do with the brain. And so it's literally the brain food. That's why eating fish is a brain food because it has DHA in it. And right. so do supplements. So if you have a question about brain thinking, brain fog, losing your words, you're going to need some EFAs. Yeah. Mental, you need, you have mental clarity issues. Yeah. So oh, instead uh, of reaching for coffee, reach for your essential oil, <laughs> right? Yeah. Morning, so. your morning cup of essential oils or fish oils. Um, question for the children, uh, recommendations. Is there a certain amount of, um, like, so for the multi-minerals, uh, is there a certain recommended amount that I should take or just follow what's on the bottle? You know, you're going to follow what's on the bottle the, because the different manufacturers, you know, some manufacturers will have it as a teaspoon or two teaspoons or a teaspoon twice a day. Right. Some manufacturers, it's going to be a tablespoon. So follow that and they'll say for children, you know, this is the dose for adults. This is the dose. Okay. And so um, for vitamin D, something that I just wanted to throw in for uh, something that I've been talking about with my audience a lot is... Um, to get vitamin D uh, in, absorbed into your skin, I don't think a lot of people know that the sun has to be at least 50 degrees in the sky in order for you to actually get vitamin D waves. So a lot of people are like, I live in a sunny, like, so for you, you live in a very sunny climate. The it, the thing is like, even when I was there in March, the sun wasn't at 50 degrees in the, si in the sky. So you're not getting the vitamin D rays. So that's another reason why taking vitamin D as a supplement is highly recommended. Um, something that I've learned, but I don't know. I don't know if you knew that, but I learned that from Andrew Huberman, who's a Stanford doctor who talks, a lot, he presents all the research for it, but something just to, to add on to the vitamin D of why you should be taking it. And also I've read so many art, research articles about um, during COVID, a lot of people were dying because their vitamin D was the big, the deficiency was the big uh, common denominator for a lot of people. Um, Okay. So is there anything else that we, um, so how often should I be taking supplements actually? So sometimes, so my issue is that I'm good at taking supplements for about a month or two and then I forget and then life gets in the way. And so is there a, a type of cycling that you can do with supplementation or is just, this is just like, I do this every day for the rest of my life type of thing. It depends on the individual, the, uh, once again, I'm in a different situation because my patients are coming to me because, you know, they, they're trying to do something to improve their level of wellness and optimal functioning more rapidly than just maintenance. If you're on maintenance, it's, it's not as critical. Uh, if, you know, if you go on vacation, you're not going to take, you know, 15, five different bottles of pills with you probably, uh, <laughs> per se. So break, uh, you know, for people who you know, are not necessarily doing some specifics, uh, but are doing it more in, in general. You know, we can say take it five or six days a week and take, you know, do it week uh, weekdays right. and take the weekends off if you like uh, as a break or, you know, some, just something uh, that has some form of a schedule associated with it. There's no doubt that these nutrients are not something that, you know, yes, uh, you know, the fat soluble vitamins, uh, specifically the vitamin D, uh, you know, which is a fat soluble vitamin. However, <clears throat> the reason that I actually recommend it even here in Arizona is uh, there was a study done of people in uh, here in Arizona and uh, Dallas, Texas and Miami, 
which are all relatively sunny places. And they found almost universally that those people are on the low end uh, of the spectrum as far as their vitamin D level is concerned. And I used to have people here do it six months on and six months off, but I found that their vitamin D levels dropped considerably during the are not as sunny months for the reason that you just said. Right. Yes, the sun has to be a certain degree uh, in order to basically convert and you have to basically be in short sleeves. You have to yeah. have your sun exposed but people are then putting sunscreen on on those areas. They're not used to getting burned. Right. I mean, we don't need sunscreen here. We got a tan because we're out in the sun for 300 days a year, mm -hmm. uh, per se. So, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of unfortunate conversion from the sun, even when it's, it's summertime, you know, in the northern hemisphere. Uh, you know, the summer months, the southern hemisphere, obviously, it's the opposite months. Uh, but, you know, the, the aspect of, you know, going on a vacation for several days and lying out in the sun and burning your skin is a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> as all it's going to do is potentially increase your risk in 30 years cancer. from now of some form of skin cancer. So, you know, the whole idea of, of tanning is to, you know, especially if you haven't been out in the sun, is to be out long enough to turn it just a little bit red. Uh, per se, almost like if you're cooking meat and just like just slightly, you know, it's still a pink. Uh, and then the next day you do a little bit more and eventually it tans and then you can sort of stay out longer. So, but the idea of becoming a lobster because you only have one week in Mexico or, you know, the Caribbean islands because it's January in Canada or the Northern States in the United States, mm -hmm. it's really not a good idea. No. That's, that's fraught with uh, a lot of health problems uh, down the road. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because our strategy is like day one, we start with SPF 30, day one and two, and then we go day three and four is like SPF uh, 15, and then we go down to four, and then we have none on the last few days. So you just like gradually decrease. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's funny, like we've always had that strategy um, because I know how much, how important vitamin D is. And same thing, I do the same thing with my children. And then, you know, of all these people, so like sunscreen is a whole different ball game. A lot of people talking about, you know, all the toxins that are in sunscreen and, you know, we don't need it as much as we use it and all that kind of stuff, but that's for a different podcast. Um, uh, one thing I did want to mention, cause this comes up a lot. I get this question a lot. So I just wanted to um, put it out here since it is, um, a supplement zinc. So, uh, I know zinc is an important one, but I find like even my son, he takes, he'll take zinc and he gets sick afterwards. So can you talk about the benefits of why someone would take zinc and why would they be getting sick, uh, from taking zinc? Uh, a couple of reasons. One may be the form that it's with and often it's, it's not the mineral itself. Uh, you know, it could be the dose, uh, the mm -hmm. dose could because you know, it's, it's basically asking the liver to, uh, you know, work a little harder, the pancreas to work a little harder, and it's, you know, stimulating some aspect of the digestive system that, to do that. Uh, because, you know, if that was the case, then any of the foods that contain zinc, uh, you know, in, in our diet would also be making a person ill. So we're not, you're not sensitive to the mineral, you're sensitive to the delivery system or the dosage, uh, you know, even too much water is the problem because you'll drown. So, you know, water is not a toxic substance, but, but unfortunately for some people, it can be very problematic in general. Uh, it's, it is true uh, in studies done 
decades ago uh, at one of the uh, big centers in Chicago that treats a lot of childhood uh, type issues. They found almost universally that zinc was a deficient mineral. Um, so it's, you know, zinc is a, as it is for many things, uh, it's an important mineral to drive a number of different types of enzymes, uh, including your immune system. It was another one of the ones that uh, we recommended in COVID because it does support immune function. Is one right. of the reasons it's recommended uh, commonly. But it's not on my list of five because of those types of issues that, right. that you just mentioned. So it becomes a function of finding a lower dose or once again, doing zinc in a colloidal form or a trace mineral form, which is a much lower dose, which should uh, that, in that sense be well tolerated. Okay. Um, and since we're speaking another one, um, talking about another uh, supplement that has come up a lot for me, because um, I, I took a, a course, a trauma-informed um, uh, course, and we spoke to a functional medicine doctor spoke to us. And basically, she was telling us that pretty much everybody is magnesium deficient. So uh, magnesium was definitely something that she recommended. And I know as soon as I took that course, I immediately phoned you and like, hey, tell me more about this magnesium, because there's so many different forms. And, um, and the fact that our body uh, I think it's like 300, like there's 300, 300 different functions that our body does that uses magnesium. So many of us are magnesium deficient. So people who struggle with falling asleep or, um, resting, uh, like have restless legs or whatever magnesium is recommended. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, like, do you recommend magnesium? And, um, I know it's not top one of your top five, but I'm probably, can you tell us why it's not in the top five? I'll ask you that. Uh, magnesium, you know, the reality is we can go through every single micronutrient and micronutrient. And <laughs> True. Top five. Uh, because it's not in the top five because we're doing something that's generic and we're doing the aspects of things that probably isn't going to be a problem. Uh, magnesium, too much of anything, uh, magnesium specifically, will cause diarrhea. So okay. you could have some people who are sensitive to that and one pill of magnesium and they get diarrhea. And it's like, well, that wasn't a very good recommendation. So <laughs> right. uh, that's probably not indicated. It is definitely true that magnesium is an important intracellular uh, mineral, mm -hmm. meaning it needs to get across the, the uh, cell membrane. And the challenge is, depending on your digestive, that mineral may not be getting it across even the stomach barrier and you may not be getting it into your cells. Uh, you know, specifically, or even if it shows up in your blood, still doesn't mean it can get across the, uh, you know, the, the cell membrane in, inside to do its function inside. So right. the, there are, you know, many different functions of magnesium and depending what it is that you're looking for, uh, because the best absorbed form of magnesium is, uh, uh, gosh, uh, Tarate, magnesium tarate uh, is yep. your best form because it gets across the blood-brain barrier the easiest. In other words, it gets into the cell uh, the easiest. Right. However, your brain isn't where if you're more muscle, uh, you know, if it's more about muscles or restless legs, uh, that type of thing, and you're, you're 15 years old or 22 years old, magnesium oxide, which is inexpensive, would probably mm -hmm. work. 
but as you get into the more upper decades, you're probably going to want to use a chelate form. If you're somebody who does uh, fitness and are stiff and sore afterwards, uh, then magnesium, uh, perhaps calcium magnesium citrate or calcium magnesium citrate malate uh, would be a different form. And if you are about to need a quick burst of energy, then magnesium aspartate would be the preferred form to do it in. So, you know, I individualize the magnesium to what this patient's specific need is. But right. in general, if you want the best, uh, you know, uh, taurine uh, is your magnesium attached to the amino acid taurine uh, is your best form of is the best absorbed form there is. And I just want to throw out there that if you are thinking of taking magnesium, that one is the most expensive and it's harder to find. It's not yeah. your common, it's not a common one, uh, the taurate or the taurine one. It's definitely like I had to do a little bit of hunting, but we have, um, I have access to some good quality products, but um, definitely this is somebody that is looking for it. It's a little bit harder to find, but Anyway, thank you for answering those questions. I appreciate it. Um, is there anything else you want to add about supplementation that um, we haven't necessarily talked about that people I should know? The reality is, is that use the basics that we just talked about in this. And if you, you know, you don't have a professional that you can talk to specifically about your individual needs, then look at the basic five as just a place to get started. Uh, you know, in general, and, you know, I do believe that uh, everybody will benefit from those. And, you know, as I said, I prefer and I put them in order that if you're only going to do one, I'm going to say do a probiotic, oh, but wh whichever ones you choose, please make sure that you're taking high quality ones uh, mm -hmm. and not just you know, going to, you know, the, the, you know, the corner store and say, oh, look, or, you know, I'll say a brand name, although I don't usually do, you know, I, I don't think Costco probably is your highest quality of supplements. Costco is great for lots of things, but I wouldn't recommend you buy your vitamins from Costco because I don't know if this is factual, but I've been told. So I'm just saying I've been told right. that they basically will use the source of anybody where they can get it from. And so, you know, whatever the manufacturers, if, whether it's from coming from China or Peru or somewhere in the United States, whatever they can get it, they'll get it. So their quality control uh, on some of their things may be suspect. Um, so that is not where I would recommend you personally buy your supplements. Right. Your better bets are definitely your health food stores, not just Absolutely. your regular, not Absolutely. necessarily just the grocery store or you know, the local, whatever you, you want to source it out. And, you know, like Amazon definitely has some good products on there now. And, you know, you can, but once you know your brands, um, yeah. Do you have any brands that you recommend that are off the top of your head that you do that, you you know, are good quality? Well, I, you know, when you get into specifics, the, without, I mean, our goal is not to endorse a specific company or a specific brand. So, no. I'm going to go back to what I said. If, if the company does assays, uh, you know, whether you want to see it or not is irrelevant. If they do it, that's going to tell you that it's a high quality product. Right. And absolutely, there are really excellent companies out there and they do, mm -hmm. they do assays regularly on their products, which means they have a strict quality control, uh, you know, area that uh, they want to ensure that their, their, their clients, uh, the people who buy their product, are, are guaranteed what it is that that uh, ultimately that they're receiving and as we always hear people you know 
patients always come in and say, well, my doctor said it's useless to take these because all it, all it does is create expensive urine. Right. I said, well, the reality is, is that if you're not absorbing anything, yeah, you're right. It's probably going to be expensive urine. However, right. if you do high quality and, you know, the, it stood the test of time that there's, there's so many positive, uh, you know, research articles that have been done with so many different types of, of uh, health problems that nutrients, uh, you know, above what you're going to get in your diet. And, it's, and taking these nutrients has never been and never suggested to be uh, the excuse of not eating well and not making right. the right foods that's still number one and the, these are not a food they are i call them food supplements per se but they're not giving you calories you need you need food for calories uh, <laughs> you need calories basically to drive the machinery and uh, keep you functioning so these are just supportive uh, to your to your diet itself right well, it's funny because as you were talking about uh, different quality something that's coming up uh like coming up a lot here is collagen a lot of buzz about collagen and it's funny um like i've recommended it but the quality of collagen like people are not doing their due diligence in terms of researching like where's the collagen coming from what type of collagen are you getting so to to kind of reiterate what you're saying is do your due diligence and do the research if you're going to buy it because uh there's there's definitely lot there's not really a quality control it's not necessarily you know like you said for you in the u.s there's over 200 different you know supplement companies and they're it's not really um sort of looking moderated or um regulated it's not the regulated. regulated right the FDA, so it's it's right a problem. absolutely a problem right and so that's the same thing like yeah so collagen that that right now is becoming such a forefront because people are like oh look at costco they have collagen and they have different types and, la and, la la la. and i'm like okay but you don't understand where it's sourced from and you don't like the quality what the quality is it like are you just taking it and anyway there's a big um uh, a client of mine works for a big company and they're doing a big push because they have a very high quality and they're getting really good results. I'm like, because it's high quality and you're going to pay for that too. So it goes along with it. So, you know, you get what you pay for, but you know, if you are going to consider taking supplements to support your health, then these are the five probiotics, your multi-minerals, your B complex, essential fatty acids or fish oils and vitamin D. Awesome. Great and chat, just, dad. Just one last comment about uh, I haven't checked, but it's possible that if we go to Costco, there may be an 800 number. Maybe it's quite possible right. uh, that some other products are, that maybe they have sourced differently than, you know, years ago when I actually tried to source the stuff, but maybe they have improved their quality. So wherever you get it is not really that important, but I will say that if it sounds like too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, because <laughs> right. high quality supplements, uh, you know, it's not that, you know, the company is not like, uh, you know, double charging, you know, if, if one probiotic costs $25 and another one costs $5, I can probably assure you that the $5 one doesn't have a whole lot in it. Uh, just common sense will tell you that. So sometimes the cost may be deceiving, thinking that you're getting a great deal. Uh, once again, you may end up, you know, some people will say, well, I'm taking this fish oil and I'll look at it and I said, well, I have one that's uh, a little bit more expensive, but you have to take 15 of those pills to equal one tablespoon of this one. So, right. you know, your choice, which ends up being the more expensive in the long right. term. Um, actually, quick. Now you got me thinking about more questions. <laughs> 
So hold on. So um, when I'm looking at labels, so uh, looking at supplements and, and whatnot, so B complex or essential fatty acids, is there anything on the label that I should um, look for in particular to stay away from? Some people have asked me that, like when I so. I'm going to ask you, but I'll add my two cents. But so what I'm, if I'm reading a label, if I have two different supplements, two different, you know, essential oils or whatever in my hand or two different probiotics, how do I know which one to choose? So what am I looking for? The probiotics are different because they're just, they basically are just the ones that I, I'm a little suspicious of when you read a label and it says proprietary blend and a list like 15. Things. It's like, Oh, that doesn't tell me anything because what it could mean is that 99.9% is the first ingredient, which is usually the least expensive. And then all the other stuff is sort of spattered in there. So I like to have in each individual item laid out as to what is the actual amount of whatever it is that you're getting in that particular product, uh, you know, in, in, in general. And then of course you always, it always says other ingredients. Yes, there it is. The other, the fewer of the other ingredients the better because mm -hmm. yes, there has to be, there is going to be something else in there. It's in a capsule. So it's a capsule has to be made of something. So, I mean, that's the part of the other ingredients, but there's also something from a stabilizer, et cetera. So just because it, it says, you know, if it's in a capsule, you're going to have, have to have something else in, in there. Uh, and if it's a liquid, uh, you know, there's going to be, maybe it's a flavoring agent or something, but the fewer of those other ingredients on the label is that's going to be critical. It's, it's, uh, the, the important aspect. Absolutely. That's the thing. That's what you're looking for is the filler. How much, how much are they ha having it? Um, going back to the probiotics though, um, because there's so many different strains, do you recommend a certain amount of strains in the probiotics? There, because of the fact that now the research has shown that there are specific strains for specific types of problems, mm -hmm. but just generically, uh, the you know the generic probiotic without a specific indication is uh, Lactobacillus acidophilus and, uh, and Lactobacillus. Oh shoot, I forgot the name is escaping me. It's it's they're basically the ones that uh, are the most common. Uh, in our whole throughout our whole gastrointestinal tract so I mean that's basically what you're, you're doing but when you're specifically treating specific conditions there's a lot of, there's a lot of varieties of well-researched and yeah. that's what you need to get specific right because that's something too like if you're looking at a probiotic and you're comparing and like one of them has like three different strains and one of them has five different strains because I've actually uh, bought one like there's one from the company that we order from they have a multi-strain probiotic and then they just have a regular probiotic. And I'm like, how do I know which one to get? And I'm like, dad, how do I know which one to get? So just something to, to consider. Um, so generally I just need the acidophilus. Yeah. Lactobacillus acidophilus is the one probiotic that is literally from your oral cavity through your entire 30 feet of intestine. It's the only one that's in all different compartments of our gastrointestinal tract. All right. And cool. Concentration. All right. Yes. So if we're looking for supplements, try to avoid other, other ingredients, the, the least amount you want as much of pure ingredients possible. All right, cool. I think that's all. I'm like, I could keep going. I don't know. There's like, there's, it's kind of like Pandora's box with supplementation because some people are, um, 
yeah, I have really strong beliefs with it, but uh, this is just a general uh, overview. Right. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. If people have specific questions, then mm -hmm. send the questions in and we can devote one of these other ones to, if they heard there's an interest, to more specific types of ones. When, when would you use carnitine or when would you use coenzyme Q10 or somebody take an adrenal support remedy or... You know, what about sleep? What about remedies for sleep? Are, are there ones or what about remedies for anxiety or depression or just mood changes? Or what about uh, irregular menstrual cycles? Or, you know, there's a thousand and one different options that, that mm -hmm. are possible, but one, not really the focus of a generic podcast, uh, but certainly, you know, with specific questions and specific challenges, there are specific nutrients that uh, that can be looked at and have been shown and proven to be extremely valuable and helpful. Good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your imparting your wisdom with us. And so, uh, again, if you guys want to reach out to us, please feel free. Our contact information is in the show notes. And uh, next time we're going to be talking about breathing and all the different uh, types of breathing exercises that are um, can be beneficial for you. And so please stay tuned for our next episode. And thanks so much for being here, Dad. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening. My pleasure. Thanks for listening, everybody. We want to remind you that knowledge isn't power. Applied knowledge is power, where knowledge turns to experience. We encourage you to implement the information shared, allowing you to shift your energy from head to heart. If this is your first time listening, we would love for you to subscribe uh, to connect and grow with us in the coming weeks. If you'd like we, what you've been hearing today, we encourage you to go wherever you're listening to leave a review. Tell us what you loved about the episode. Tell us which one was your favorite and share topics you would like us to talk about. And if you're interested in learning more about biological medicine, uh, go to my website, Dr. Dixon Tom. Com. And if you'd like to learn more about how to shift your nervous system and heal using movement, I encourage you to visit fitimize.ca to learn more. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you on the next episode.